Mike Leibovitz's secret underground podcast coming to you live from the basement adjacent garage. I got to write this week. I'm here with uh, PSA. I've probably said this before, but I'm here to remind you, do not buy a home. If you want to buy a home, you have been brainwashed by the powers that be. There is no reason for you to own a home. It's a great investment. Put your money in stocks. Buy Dogecoin. Don't buy a house. A house is a money pit. If you want to throw away your money and be constantly frustrated at your own ineptitude uh, when it comes to fixer-rixers, then buy a house, by all means. If you want to know how incompetent you are, if you want to know how many things you never considered that could possibly go wrong, then definitely buy a house. If you want to be on the hook for washing machines and dishwashers and snow blowers and propane tanks and sump pumps and septic fields and... Uh, wells i have a well is it 1804 i have a well why do i have a well we've advanced beyond this point as a species we don't need to have wells i mean we don't we don't need to have something on our property for timmy to fall down lassie's not around she's not coming there's a lot of dogs running around my neighborhood i'm not gonna lie the dogs in my neighborhood they are not constrained by fences. See, when you live out in the country, there's enough space that there's, it's like your yard, your yard is the woods and you can't really build a fence around the woods. So the dogs just roam free around the neighborhood and some of them are nice dogs and, but it's, it's, there's always a dog in the road. You want to be careful if you're coming over to my house, cause there's likely to be a dog in the road. You feel bad when you hit a deer, but you don't want to go to the darkness that is hitting someone's dog. I don't know. I'm just imagining. I'm always very careful when I drive around my neighborhood. It's an interesting thing, man, moving out to the woods. <sighs> See, I'm a city boy. I grew up in Chicago. I lived in Queens. And then we moved out to the woods. And I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I do know... When we first moved in, I saw, I had a couple of natural encounters that I can only, I can only interpret symbolically. Um, one of the first days we were in the new house, I saw a snake in my house. Not a snake outside, a snake on the carpet in the basement. So, I don't know what that means, it's a universal symbol of evil. Um, it was in my house just chilling. And then the next day I saw a bear walking across my front yard. I was getting in my car and there was a bear walking across the front yard. The bear noticed me. It looked over at me and it kept on going. It didn't mean me any harm, but it was as if nature itself was trying to tell me, we'll let you live here, but don't forget whose house it really is. And I got, man, it's creepy up here at night. It's so dark. I usually do my writing. I've always done my writing by pacing around the streets, but there's no street lights. There's no sidewalks. There's just the woods and there's dogs. 
you got to be careful around here of the dogs. I think I mentioned that. But he, this is how I, I'm just so sick of this bullshit, man. This like off the grid bullshit. Okay, fine. Okay, you want to live off the grid because the government's shooting 5G waves at your brain or whatever, but f fucking... Uh, okay, so, so I have a well and I have a propane tank. So now, if you live in the city, you don't run out of cooking gas because you're attached to the municipal lines. You don't, you don't have to pump water out of the ground because you're attached to the municipal plumbing, but like... Here's like, oh, I'm off the grid. Okay, well, if the power goes out, the lighter for the propane tank doesn't work, and the pump for the well doesn't work. So how fucking off the grid are, oh, we get a generator. If the grid goes out, how long do you think the gas at the gas station is going to last? I'm guessing we're going to have a little 1970s Iran-Contra Iran gasoline line kind of thing. I don't know if Iran-Contra and the gasoline shortages were related or not but i'm just saying if the grid goes down how long are you going to be able to get gas i'm not going to beat all these fucking survivalists out there to the gas station i'm not going to get there before they do who knows it's um but so i have this situation i think my problem see some people are into this survivalist shit i get it it's because like you don't have other hobbies. So like you want to be able to start a fire with three hairs you plucked from your head and rub them together or whatever. You, I don't know. You, you, you like get off on the things, bro. Oh, the hinge. Oh, the hinge came off the basement door. Oh yeah. I have a purpose. I get to fix the hinge. I get it. That's fine. Everyone wants to feel like they have a purpose. We all want to feel like we have purposes. Thing is, like, I feel like everything that I have to deal with around my house is distracting me from my purpose. This is my purpose, to improvise into a microphone. Which, by the way, that's what I'm doing here. I, I think I mentioned on one of the first episodes my favorite part of doing stand-up is that moment where like you open your mouth and you don't know what's going to come out and something comes out. That's really what we're doing here. And I'm, I, I am, I'm really seeing if it's possible for me to have a conversation by myself um, without it seeming a crazy. That's a big part of my writing process, too, is just pacing around talking to myself, too. That's the same thing, as I said before. That's a big part of my writing process. One, see footnote, referencing earlier point in this very recording that you heard already. Can you do that? I think you can. You can publish an article and then use it as a footnote to support a later article. You can really do whatever you want, baby, because these rules are all fucking made up. But they're made up by very powerful concerns. This world that we live in, man, it's whatever was happening, that shit is over. And whatever that system was, it's fucking, that shit's done, man. This is some new shit. Whatever her world we're in now is not the world that we were in before. And there's no new normal. We're not going back to normal. We're all going to get vaccinated. But we're not going to beat it. We're just going to fortify ourselves against it. 
It's always going to be out there. There's going to be a new vaccine every year. There's going to be new strains. There's already new strains. I mean, this whole thing really has just accelerated the virtual move, the move to the screens where we live our lives on screens, where we are in this, this virtual reality that is whatever, whatever all this communicating, video conferencing, social media, this sort of, we're, we create this avatar of who we are. And in a sense, I guess that's what actual reality is. I mean, actual reality, as we have always thought of it, was just some game that the gods were playing and we were their avatar. So now we, we are just continuing that creative act. I mean, we are creations of a creator and we are created to create and we create creations just as our creator created us. So I guess it's all kosher <laughs> i mean <laughs> i'm sure god ain't mad at it this is just what we're doing but this idea that we're coming back to normal it's like a simulation of normal and people are going to say it's normal but it's not going to feel normal but we'll we'll say it feels normal and look i'm sure we'll touch each other again and we'll hold each other again and there'll be live comedy again and live music but this shit, whatever the, whatever the world order was, and my pay grade was never high enough to really see it, but whatever it was, this is, this is a shift, man. This is, um, the machines have, have taken over. The AIs have taken over. I mean, it's, it's interesting that there's always been this sort of hysteria about the machines taking over. There's going to be a war with the machines, but no one really saw that there wasn't a war. And we don't really acknowledge that this is not some dystopian future. This is something that's already happened. I mean, we we just see, the, 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 yeah, they didn't rise up. They they just offered us help, and they kept offer offering help. It wasn't it wasn't down with the humans. It was like, hey, humans, let me get that for you, and then let me get that for you, and then let me get that. For, oh, you don't worry about want to worry about folding up a map that's so hard here let me let me uh tell you which way to go right okay so you use the gps the gps hey it's great it's convenient but it's not just telling you the most convenient way to go it's directing traffic i mean i had google maps running on two different phones in the same car one time and they were giving me different routes so it's not just telling you the shortest route it's directing traffic. Why? I don't know. Uh, you know, do people pay, do companies pay to have you drive by certain billboards? Maybe. Uh, is it more sinister than that? Could be. Um, this is not some bizarre conspiracy. This is just what it is. I mean, and the, the machines, the AIs, they didn't, they didn't fight us. They just... They just helped us out and helped us out and helped us out and helped us out until we were too soft. No, don't, don't cook to here. Let me, let me just deliver ramen to your, it's fucking ramen. It was 69 cents a pack. Now it's got chives cut up in it. It's fucking ramen. Oh, but I'll bring it right to your house. Okay. Oh yeah. Bring it, bring it to me. Ooh. Um, 
but it's it's interesting that it sold itself to us as a service. I guess that's my point. And it really is all about marketing. I mean, ah, oh, fucking this surveillance capitalism is creepy as shit, but they do sell it to you in a pretty slick. Yeah, I do want those shoes. This this is creepy that you're keeping track of all of my data and you know where I am at all times and you're listening to my conversations. But I do want those shoes. Those are really cool shoes. So, you know, so we let it go. Location services. See, that's a very clever name. You turn on location services. If they called it surveillance, you would pause for a second and be like, well, I don't know about this. But it's, it's location services. Oh, it's a service. They're helping me out. I like to be served. But are they serving us or are we serving them? But the wild thing to me is, yeah, it's a service for us to give our agency over to the AIs. We actually pay for this privilege and we dread losing this privilege. I mean, the privilege to be tracked and monitored and monetized and surveilled at all times. I mean, <laughs> we freak out if uh, if our bill is late and they turn the shit off. Right. I mean, we, we always thought they'd put a chip in our wrist, we never thought that they'd have us paying for the privilege of the chip. Sure, it's not in our wrist, but if you got an Apple Watch, it's pretty fucking close. It's on your wrist. On your wrist. Well, okay. Maybe that was an insane little rant. I'm just uh, calling them like a theme. My kids are like screens. <laughs> My kids are... They're fucking amazing. It's just, I just put them to bed. So of course they're not asleep. The kids do not sleep. I don't know. I don't know if I've been over this before, but the kids, they don't sleep. I was talking to a friend, he, you know, he wanted to come over and men hung out in a long time. He said, well, when do your kids go to sleep? They don't sleep. The kids don't sleep. There's this long ritual, which I know I've gone over before, this ever-expanding bedtime ritual. And then by the time the little ones go to sleep, then it's... Who knows? Uh, I'm asleep usually before they're asleep. And then the big one is down in the basement. And the big one is a, that is a vampire. I, um, apparently when a half Jew and a Gentile mate, the resulting creature is a vampire. He's a vampire. A vampire. He's a vampire. Oh, man. No, it's so this, they don't sleep and they're they're on all the time they wake up so early and they're on and it's like they'll constant they come up to you and they they don't <laughs> they'll talk to you and they don't realize that the other one is talking to you so one will come mike i drew this drawing of course they call me mike yes my kids call me mike if you were my kid you would call me mike too and frankly i don't think there's anything wrong with my children calling me mike people People are sometimes out. Your kids call you Mike. Well, that's my fucking name, isn't it? I mean, they got to call me dad. What is this? The military? They have to refer to me by rank. What's the big fucking deal? I, I, I need to I need to have some honorific title. Father, father, may I excuse myself from dinner? Fuck that. Go. Absolutely. Anyway, they'll come up to me, and one of them say, oh, I drew this picture of these, oh, well, this is Stealth Elf from, and the other one will come up, 
and say, hey, Mike, 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 uh, um, uh, does an internal combustion engine work by blah, blah, blah. and they go, oh, and they don't realize that the other so it's just they're talking and stealth and I am expected to respond to these multiple data streams at once. It really is like a metaphor for the for our current for our current information space, man. It's like. It's like I've got the Twitter open and the clubhouse and my email and my boop, 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 but it's playing out on the organic scale too. I got these actual physical creatures just hit with the attention and the attention and the attention and the attention and the attention. And I just, I can't fucking focus, but I am blessed. I do have the most wonderful children on earth. I really am. They are so fucking cool. I think... I don't know if we're programmed to think our own kids are cool so that like we'll take care of them. But my kids are really the most fascinating humans. My daughter broke down into in tears. She came into the room. I did something that Cyrus will think is really bad. And then she confessed, tearfully confessed to having thrown away thrown his acorn and lost it. And he was just like, does she seriously think I care that much about the acorn? They're just like such, they're such unique individual human beings and they are, they're just fascinating to watch them interplay. I, I don't, don't have a particularly great story, but there was that one time when she threw out his acorn that just happened just now. It's hard to know. It's hard to know what to say, and it's hard to say what to know. But here we go, and here we say, and there we go. We're all away. Except we're all home. We have to stay home. We have to stay home. You got another snow day tomorrow. You have to stay home. It's a snow day. You have to stay home. You, you even though you're normally home, you have to stay home for the snow. And you stay home for coronavirus but there's snow you stay home for snow and coronavirus you're double home double stay double stay day because tomorrow is double stay day tomorrow's double stay day folks i don't know if you caught me there it's double stay home day we stay home two times tomorrow I was reading about the difference between straight whiskey and blended whiskey. Apparently blended whiskey can be up to 80% neutral spirits, but I think they put it in before they age it. But that did give me permission to mix a bunch of Everclear with some straight whiskey that I had and some water and call it blended whiskey. So I'll taste that later. I think it's going to need a lot of ice, but, uh, Hey, it's winter in upstate New York. We got a lot of ice, baby. But anyway, about being prepared. That's what I was talking about. Being prepared. See, I'm just not... If I prepared for things, everything would be fine. But for some reason, I can't do what I need to do until it's too late. Like this podcast, for example. If I had been preparing my career, I would have started this podcast six years ago, but I'm doing it now and it's too late, but that's not even what I mean. I mean, like it snowed two feet. And then I was like, Oh fuck. 
I gotta get a snowblower. Well, I had to get a snowblower, of course, before it snowed the two feet, but I didn't. And uh, then it's like, oh, the, of course, the propane runs out at the exact same time. And the people who fill up your propane tank, they got to get all the way down to the end of the driveway, which I am blessed with a very long driveway. I don't want to brag, but uh, my driveway is unshovelable, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I hope you don't, but I do. Uh, they have to bring the truck all the way down to the bottom of the driveway so that they can reach the hose to where the tank is. And there's just, there's no getting down this driveway. And I don't have a snowblower. And when you wait until a big snowstorm to buy a snowblower, guess what happens? Go ahead, guess. Anyone, just shout it out. That's right. There's no snowblowers. They're all gone. This is not, this is not the most efficient operation of the market or i guess it's how the market works that's how the market works when you need some this is an argument for capitalism when you need something you can't get it when you don't need something it's abundant uh capitalism seems to work anyway i'm recording on my phone with my camera adapter a microphone plugged into a camera adapter plugged into my phone beamed out into space like magic really magic is just Science is just magic that we have the spell for. So this is magic. We just know how it works. I mean, I don't, but somebody knows how it works. All of this shit is magic. We really, we really should be walking around in awe all the time of the mystery and the majesty that surrounds us. But, but we don't. And I believe it's because the human brain is a problem-solving machine. That's what it evolved for, to solve problems. And the human mind, that's what it is, a problem-solving machine. So a problem-solving machine is always going to find problems or make problems or see things as problems. So that's really why it's so difficult for us to connect to the divine unity, the the oneness, the pure joy that underlies all forms in this material world, really. It's the problem is that we are we're not built that way. And you know, the human mind, the the ego, if you want to call it, it's there to solve problems. And so it all it focuses in on the things that are not as good as they could be. And then it obsesses over them until it solves them. And then it moves on to another one. And it does that ad nauseum on and on and on and on and on. And it actually is a very good design for um, progress, for innovation, for uh, technological evolution, um, for creating this world that we see unfolding all around us. What it's not very good for is being happy, feeling oneness. And maybe it's wrong that we're always worried about being happy. Maybe that's not what we're here to do. Maybe the measure of our experience shouldn't be the joy that we feel. Maybe it should be the progress that we make. And, um, there's somewhere that joy plays into that equation. No doubt. I mean, we're, we follow our bliss. Um, I think we just have to keep being reminded of the goodness of being and then get lost in the doing and the fixing and the problem solving and, and all of that. I mean, the culture is so 
divided and so angry, so vitriolic, so pugilistic. And I think, um, you know, a little bit more attention to the oneness and the beingness of all could really help. There's a left brain, right brain divide too. And left and right are not just art and math or whatever. It's, it's more complicated than that. It's, I was listening to, uh, what's his name? McGill Christ on the Sam Harris podcast about the left and right hemispheres of the brain. It's really fascinating stuff. And I can't summarize it here. I mean, it was a long and dense conversation, but, uh, this guy wrote, wrote a book called the master and the emissary. And the idea being that the master is the left brain, the more intuitive lobe hemisphere, the more intuitive hemisphere. And the emissary is the, uh, l the left brain, the more analytical uh, hemisphere. And um, the idea being that the master sent the emissary out to do tasks on its behalf, but the emissary doesn't think it needs the master, but the master knows that it needs the emissary. It's a very, it's a fascinating uh, parable. And then also, a, I don't know, I, I want to read that book because uh, listening to these two neuroscientists talk about the hemispheric differences of the brain was ooh, quite literally mind blowing, or at least meta mind referential or something like that. But I, um, I do think we were, so we've all been cooped up inside um, and the kids have all been fighting, so mad. And I suggested to them, you know what we need for our family? We need an enemy, maybe one of our neighbors, maybe the school board president, Maybe it used to be our landlord, but we don't have a landlord anymore, but we need someone to focus our ire on so that we can unite in our opposition to whatever that force might be. And I kind of think we need that in our country too. I mean, as a family, I think that really would, we'd really work together better. And I think really what's going on in our country, too, is, of course, there's all kinds of technological disruption, economic disruption, globalization, et cetera, and on and on and on, which have, which have awakened sort of latent um, racial animus, class animus, um, political animus, um, division of all kinds in our country. And... Um, I, but I think a big part of it, too, is the end of the Cold War. I mean, from the middle of the 20th century for 35, when did the 30, 19, say 1945 to 1989, we had this. So what is that? 45 to 89 is 45 to 85 would have been 30, 34 years, say. We had this sort of unified enemy, communist Russia, and I think that had such a powerful binding effect on our country. And since that fell, since sort of communism fell, except for whatever lingers on in Cuba and, you know, I guess, I guess China is, it's run by the Communist Party, but it's more of a authoritarian 
capitalist kind of situation. It's not really communist. Anyway, whatever it is that the, the the Cold War was mainly, you know, between the West and the Soviets, and and now since we don't have this clear enemy, that's when we turn on each other. That's when we start fighting each other. And um, man, I just feel like maybe we need a new Cold War with China or with Mars or with something to. Something where we can say, that's the bad guy. We're in this together. And believe me, I wish it didn't have to be that way. Please convince me that it doesn't have to be that way. Please send me an email at secretlebowshow at gmail.com and convince me that we don't need a common enemy. Because I don't want to have an enemy. I want us all to get along. But I feel like this problem-solving brain... I just see it on the family level, on the country level, on the world level, right? We need that Mars invades, the aliens invades moment where we all come together as one human race. And, um, I mean, maybe we'll evolve to a point where we don't need that, but I don't think we're there yet. And I don't think we'll be there anytime soon. So what do I know? Anyway, that's my rant for tonight. Thank you very much for listening, if indeed that's what you did, or at least for having me on while you did something else. Email secretlebowshow at gmail.com. I'll post another episode probably tomorrow. It's been a few days since my last one. I love you very, very much.